All right, hello, welcome to another episode of the White Boys Can't Jump Can't Jump podcast. I'm your host Addison, joined by Jacob, Josh, and Jono, and today we'll be covering a lot of really great content. We've got um, the All Star Game. We've got Zion. Will he ever play again for the Pelicans? We've got LeBron talking about playing with the Sun, and then finally we'll cover off some awards predictions and discussion at the end. Thank you for listening. All right, so yeah, welcome. Um, Jono, you left us with a pretty interesting uh, um, point off the bat of the last podcast. What was it you said again? Well, my bold prediction for this season, coming seasons, whatever it may be, is that Zion Williamson will not ever again put on a Pelicans uniform and play for that team. He's done. He wants out. We all know it. And the Pelicans are going to struggle to get him back on the court. Yeah, you know what? The more I thought about it this week, the more I actually think, you know, you might be right. But, um, you know, first to uh, have a discussion about this, we've got a new guy. This is Jacob. He can introduce himself and talk about this. Kia ora, I'm Jacob. Um, I'm studying physio to massage these guys' legs one day. So, yeah, um, so, yeah this Zion situation is a real interesting one, eh, for me. I think um, ever since the draft, he really wanted to be with the Knicks, and that was evident with the pre-draft workouts. So I think uh, longer term, he's definitely not going to play another game for the Pelicans. You can see how distant he is just because he doesn't want um, anything to do with them, to be honest. You sign a star in CJ McCollum and we get him in a trade and he doesn't even reach out and contact him. You know, that's, in, in my opinion, with, with Don as the one, that can be a championship doer. And if you're not even reaching out to contact him, that's a severe problem. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think Zion's going to play another game in the Pelicans uniform. Yeah, yeah. speaking about that, that disconnect there, Jacob. You say, um, as you do, that he didn't even reach out to CJ. And the other thing I found interesting this week was the Pelicans and putting out a notice to their season ticket holders, um, inviting them to come back for next season, mentioned CJ McCullum, Brandon Ingram, and Jonas Valanciunas. No mention whatsoever of Zion. So I think that just speaks to what might be happening next, lad. Yeah, you know, thanks for that, Jacob. I really do hope. You know, you have a good future massaging our legs for us. But yeah, Josh, Josh, yeah, what do you reckon? I mean, it's pretty crazy if you think about it, really. I think it's pretty crazy, and I think it's pretty evident that Zion doesn't want to be there in New Orleans. I think it's also pretty evident that he's he's trying the good old um, Charles Barkley um, routine there, trying to put on weight so the team doesn't want him. But the problem I see with it is his stock for being injured is so low that if he wants to get traded to where he wants to go, he's going to have to play a couple games to increase his value. Yeah, you got a really interesting point. So firstly, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, CJ McCollum recently being traded to the Pelicans um, had this to say. So he said, um, on being asked about potentially playing with Zion in the um, contact he's had with Zion, he said, I haven't had conversations with him directly. I've spoken with some people close to him and look forward to sitting down with him sooner than later. I know about as much as you do right now, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. You, <laughs> you're being, you've been traded to a team. You're there for, for you know, you could, you're nearly there for a week. The star of the franchise, the franchise player, you haven't even had a conversation with. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I think, honestly, I have a feeling that all the fame and all of the attention may have, may have been getting to Zion's head a bit. And he just doesn't feel the need almost to 
that he has to prove anything, right? He just feels like he has nothing to prove. He just feels like I can just do what I want and going to have no consequences. And if I want to get out of here, I'll get out of here. I just think it's totally immature. And I think it's, I don't know, it leaves him with not many options and it leaves the Pelicans with not many options either. What you yeah, well, oh, John, just yeah. expanding on that a little bit. I think as as we heard from Jacob before, like we think he wants to be on the Knicks, and I I absolutely think he wants to be on the Knicks, and I think the Knicks still value him relatively highly. I'm a big I'm a big fan of the idea that the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish purely to try and reunite Duke's big three from back in the day. True, Got a couple yeah. of his ex teammates there with RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, and I think they're setting up to hopefully go after Zion. So my question for you boys is. Would the Knicks offer a trade of Julius Randle for Zion Williamson? And if you were the Pelicans, would you do that? If I was the Pelicans, you go, Shanks, you go. Firstly, I think the Pelicans would accept a trade for... I think the Knicks would, are definitely looking to move on from Randle. Uh, it, it looks like a very one-and-done sort of season for Randle there in, in New York with making them get to the playoffs for the first time in a while. But at the same time, I think New Orleans value values Zion quite highly. And he's looked really good when he's been on the court, averaging about 27 points a game and averaging quite a few rebounds. So overall, it'd be hard for New Orleans to give up on their star, star player that easily for, a, like you say, your Julius Randle. But at the same time, if he doesn't want to play, you've got to get out from under him. So it's a bit of a catch-22 there, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. He's shown, like, don't get me wrong, in spurts he's shown he can be a star. But he's also shown he can be very injury-prone. And in a league like the NBA with a team like the Knicks, I think they would do a trade like that because they're a very dysfunctional organisation. Wait, who's the dysfunctional organisation? The Knicks, because they take on injury-prone Zion. I, if I was, what? I would not personally trade for Zion. No what? way. Okay. No way. Hold up. I have to disagree with both no of I think the Pelicans would be absolutely crazy to trade Zion for Julius Randle. If that's, I mean, obviously there'll be picks and stuff, but I think Zion, even with his injury history has, like, so much of a higher ceiling than Julius. And also, can we just take a minute to appreciate how terrible Julius Randle's contract is now? Yes, that's true. That's He's been horrible this season, and he just got, like, a $110 million contract extension over the next four years, which doesn't even kick in until this summer. Like, if you're going to trade Zion, who's up for an extension this summer, so you don't want to trade him, uh, you don't want to pay him this summer, so you've got to trade him this summer. So if you're going to get rid of him, you don't want to take on long-term money, right? Yeah, well, you take on fair, like fair. one player plus picks. I understand the idea that maybe Julius Randle's contract is not the greatest for New Orleans, and maybe your value you have his high, his value slightly higher than I personally would. But who do you think is the best? Well, you've mentioned young player plus picks. Is that is that the route you would go, or would you be looking to get sort of the best player you could for Zion? And if you would be going that second route, who's the best player do you think New Orleans could get for him? Oh, I don't think... I don't, it's hard to think about, to be honest. That's, that's a really good question. We're talking about, like, okay, hypothetical. Lakers are sick and tired of Anthony Davis. Injury-prone injury forward trade for injury-prone injury forward. The problem the problem with it is that Zion is still on his rookie deal and the money is so oh, hard true, to match. Yeah. True, yeah, that's a good point. And also, it, Anthony Davis is not going back to the Pelicans. 
Sautron, yeah, Sautron. Yeah, we are. I mean, yeah. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. I take that. I take that back. I forgot about that whole scenario. Um, oh, that was, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, look, I mean, would the, would the Pelicans even entertain like a Cade Cunningham or like a Jalen Green, you know, some of like the top picks in the last draft? I just don't, I don't see a win if you trade for someone like a Zion, you know, someone on a long-term contract, some mediocre player. Because the really star players, the players who are like just as good as Zion, maybe slightly worse, teams who are competing, sorry, contending, aren't going to trade for Zion because he's injury prone and he doesn't play. So you're going to trade for someone, I reckon Julius Randle is on the upper side of what you might get if you're trying to trade for the best player possible. So I feel like you've got to go young picks. Plus, it's not like your roster's ready to contend right now anyway. So. Yeah, the only problem is you. if you're the Pelicans, you have to attach a player to make the money work. Yeah, that is true. They don't so really you're giving it. up two players. You're probably giving up... You probably would have to give up maybe even Valentunas to make that money work. And I don't even know if that makes up the money. Yeah. All right, okay, let's just go around quickly. Jacob, is Zion going to play another game for, for the Pelicans? No. Josh? I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes in terms of he's not gonna be able to get his move straight away and I don't think he's a Ben Simmons that's gonna sit out if he's has the opportunity to play. Jono? No. No way. Or oh, I'm gonna go yes. So we're split fifty fifty. That's a really interesting question. Let us know in the comments. I don't know where I'm gonna post this. But <laughs> 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 it. Let us know. If not, you know, I'm sure you'll be able to contact us somehow. I have no idea how this podcast thing works. As you all know, we're still trying to figure this out. But if you're listening to this again, thank you. Good luck to you for the rest of the podcast. All right, we're going to go on to the All-Star game. Look, Steph hitting 16 threes is ridiculous. There was some crazy stuff in the All-Star game that we're going to come to. But let's just have a quick moment to appreciate the horrible, horribleness of the dunk contest. Jacob, what's what's your one word reaction to the dunk contest? Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's um it's it was hard to watch. I legit I had nothing to do that afternoon. I turned it off. I didn't even I didn't even want to watch it. It was just embarrassing. That's my word for it. Josh, Jono, what do you guys think? Are we even one again? Genuine uh, chopping. Oh yeah. Oh congrats to him. Congrats, <laughs> the only win the Knicks will have this season. No. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even watch it. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not worried about not watching it either, to be fair. Yeah. No, it's pretty bad. Um that's look, that's all we'll have on that. A three point contest. Carl Anthony Towns, congratulations. Uh greatest shooting big man of all time? Question mark. That's a little bit of a sneak bit of a sneak peek. We're gonna um, have this discussion next week. We're gonna do a bit of a um, Towns versus Dirk. Is it even? Is it even really a question? But yeah, what were you guys' thoughts on the um, three point contest? Anything stand out? I think we really underestimated the big men shooting. Okay. I think we ended up last last podcast. We all picked. I think uh, we, we definitely all picked the guards. Yeah. I don't think anyone even thought about picking Cat, but good on him. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have loved to see Curry in that contest, seeing, uh, you know, considering his performance the next day in the All-Star game. But um, for the for the players they had out there, they still had a lot of talent. Um, I think, yeah, Cat, impressive to pull it off in the end with a great performance. Yeah. 
Yeah, really impressed by Cat, eh? Not gonna lie. And I think it's, it is disappointing to not see the best shooters in the world, or the best shooter ever, in the <laughs> contest. Um, because, you yeah. know, you never know what he can do. But I was a bit disappointed with the guards, eh? I thought you can't really let a big man beat you in a three-point shooting contest. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, Trey Young especially. Got to look yourself in the mirror after that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that's good. But, yeah, on to the All-Star game. This was the, this definitely redeemed the weekend, I think. It was a bit... It was a little bit underwhelming for me before the All-Star game. One thing I'd like to discuss. So, Chris Paul came down with an injury. They were talking about it before the All-Star game started. He's out six to eight weeks with a broken thumb. Um, so, that's a bit of a hit for the Suns. But... Even with this news coming out and him wearing a cast, he still checked into the All-Star game. Did did you guys catch that? Did you guys get what I just I did catch that, and listening to the commentary, they said, hey, look, he's just coming on. The players know about this. You know, LeBron knows about this. Giannis knows about this. All the stars know he's just coming on. And they said he was going to come on for an honorary bucket or an honorary assist or something like that. However, he ends the game with no stats in any category. So, I don't know, someone might have missed the memo there or played a little bit too much defense on Chris Paul, but it's a bit disappointing for, um, yeah, CP3 there. Yeah, look, I, I don't understand what what happened there. Like, honorary, what does that mean? Like, if you were, like, you know, he's getting up there, you don't really know if he'll be in the All-Star game in the next couple of years. Like, if you're about to, you know, break some sort of record or, like, get to second all-time and, like, assists for the all-star game or something sure but what the heck dude you've got a broken hand just chill out you know i don't know it didn't seem very professional to be honest i don't i don't get it you're putting your team in jeopardy you know one wrong move you could the ball hit your thumb you could be out for the playoffs you know it's not something you want to risk i reckon but getting to pull on the all-star jersey though i reckon it's totally worth it just to step onto the court yeah i've you go jonah you go jonah i've I have no qualms with it whatsoever, to be fair. Like, everyone is being careful, leaving him alone. He's he's a veteran. He's earned their respect over the years. And if he wants to check in, you know, play a couple minutes for his team, I think fair enough. All right. Yeah, you know, that is what it is. But, yeah, so Steph hitting 16 threes. Jeepers. I mean, he took twenty. He took 27 shots. He took 27 threes, I, excuse me. Still, you know, hitting 16 of them is incredible. Look, Let's be honest, they're all open, though. It's the All-Star game. They're all open. Are we Are we shocked at this point? Or are we just kind of expecting this from Curry now? I was blown away. I was truly, truly amazed. And as you say, he missed quite a lot as well. But a lot of them came towards the end. He was sort of lighting up Anthony Davis's 52-point All-Star record. And he just couldn't seem to score in the like oh. second half of the fourth. But prior to that, he was pulling up from you know feet outside the three-point. Classic Curry. Classic Curry line. choking. Choking when he needs to make a three. <laughs> <laughs> Turning around, you know, what? not even watching the ball go in the bucket, and they were just all going in. Cash money. Very impressed. I think he's one of the greatest entertainers, like, ever, yeah. to be honest. I heard a First Take podcast talking about how he's up there with MJ and those type of people. Watching shooting like that is just ridiculous. You know, the distance, the, the detail, the attention to detail, the defense doesn't matter. He's just hitting whatever he looks at, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I think the other storyline to come out of the All-Star game is um, LeBron hitting the game-winner in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, what did you, anyone... Look, in Cleveland, yeah, that was incredible. What do you reckon about that, Josh? No, I thought it was great. Mm. Um, 
I obviously picked LeBron to be also MVP. Obviously not quite to be. Obviously got too much, bit too old in the legs. But just the storyline behind it and having that target score in the fourth quarter, I think, is a quality addition to that All Star game as well. Yeah, adding a little bit of defense in that fourth quarter. Quality and to do it in Cleveland as well. Who, by the way, were, were booing um, Steph at the start? You know, classic. It's, I think it's pretty funny, but but yeah. Yeah, Jono, Jacob, got anything to say before we move on? No. I just got to say, did anyone else think maybe the All-Star game looked a little bit rigged? First quarter, Team LeBron wins, gets 50000 or whatever for their charity. Second, th- second quarter, Team Durant wins, gets the money for their charity. Third quarter, they tie, so they split the money for the charity. And then, I guess, fourth quarter, anyone's game. But, of course, Team LeBron, 5-0 and now in the new All-Star format. I don't know. I mean, eh, rigged. You know, you can go there. Let's start a conspiracy podcast, eh? Swing about all the <laughs> <laughs> the NBA are rigged. Oh, man. Yeah, no, okay, I, like the new, I like the new format, though. Absolutely. Maybe rigged is the wrong word, but I think, you know, scripted, we could say. Like, okay. hey, you have a turn winning. We have a team winning. We don't really care that much. We want to get some money for all the charities. Like, it's we're not really going to try industry. that hard. Yeah. It's an entertainment industry. I don't mind if it's scripted a little bit, to be honest with you. All right. Okay. Next thing we're going to talk about. One thing LeBron said. He had some really interesting. Um, I find, to be honest, the thing I find the most interesting about um All Star Weekend is actually all the um interviews and stuff. You know, all the players getting to interact with all the players they don't usually get to interact with. We've got some funny moments between like Luca and Jokic, and like you know, there's all these fun little, um, fun little um friendships that form over All Star Weekend. But yeah, one thing Bronny, sorry, LeBron had to say, um. In an interview, all right, quote, my last year will be played with my son. Wherever Bronny is at, that's where I'll be. I would do whatever it takes to play with my son for one year. It's not about the money at that point, end quote. Oh, that's that's a big thing to say to a media outlet. Like, I don't know. There's so much to unpack there, but Jono, what do you reckon? What, what do you have to say about that? I think... Fair enough. Overall, we've always known it's been LeBron's dream to play with his son. He's said this to a, you know, a lot of people over the years, and I think even though these comments made it quite direct, I think for a number of years people knew that LeBron would happily sign a veteran minimum in his 39th or 40th year. I believe um, Bronny's first year in the league, he'll be 39, um, and he'll be happy to go there. I think the bigger question is whether or not um, he's still going to be able to contribute at the levels that he currently can for it to make it worth it for a team to possibly go a little higher on Bronny than they otherwise would um, off his general talent. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Bronny's not eligible for the drafts until 2024, which means, yeah, LeBron will be 39 by that stage. And, yeah, I think, obviously, he's not going to... I don't think he's going to contribute as much on the court as he does now. But I think, as well... For a team looking to go slightly higher on Bronny, there's got to be some market value in having LeBron and Bronny both on your team in terms of revenue and stuff for your team, as well as the basketball aspect, which I could see potentially being an incentive for some teams to go slightly higher on Bronny as well in the draft. Yeah, I guess too, like as well, this is almost a way for LeBron to ensure that Bronny does get drafted and he gets drafted like at a high, higher number than he otherwise should. And I think that's the debate really because um, 
if if Bronny doesn't eventuate and a team drafts Bronny purely to draft Bronny and then ends up with a 39-year-old LeBron who retires one year later, are they shooting themselves in the foot or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, honestly, I think you're right. At the moment, Bronny's um, forecast to be a late second-round pick. Um, one He's thing also I, still in high school. He is also still in high school. So that changes a lot. John Morant wasn't even rated at this point in high school. So, like, you know, we've got to take that into consideration. But, like, LeBron on young teams, LeBron surrounded by young teams hasn't exactly been good. You know, he kind of got rid of the Lakers, young guys, you know, in Cleveland. I don't know what happened there. And he, him, he doesn't exactly mesh with young talent. And for a team to take Bronny, it's probably, a, if a team is just taking Bronny, normally they're going to want to take a project. They're not going to be wanting to, you know, really go and be in the situation to win. I feel like a team looking to compete for this um, for the title isn't going to be drafting Bronny in ordinary circumstances. You know, who knows what's going to happen to LeBron at 39. He was, I, look, let's be honest. Did we all think he was going to be averaging 27 points? At this point in his career, four years ago, five years ago, no, we've been <laughs> we've been um, underestimating him. Oh, I have at least been underestimating his longevity for a while. So who knows? But I think it's more propaganda than it is him saying I'm absolutely going to go to where my son is because he's. Let's be honest, he's not going to go to Orlando. He's not going to go to the Jazz. Like there, there, there's just some things where he's just not. It's it's false, and so. Under very specific circumstances, if there's like a contender that's got a pick in the like, I don't know, mid to late 20s, sure, take a flyer, but I don't buy it. Honestly, I don't buy it. It's just him being a good dad, in my opinion, just trying to get his son drafted. And I think that would be a special moment for LeBron playing next to his son. And the other thing I'd add in is he said his final year, he's, he's planning to play with Bronny. We don't actually know how long Bron wants to stay in the league. If he thinks his body's holding up, we know he loves the game of basketball. He might think he can make it a 40, 42, 41. Maybe his last um, season will be his year 44 year. And he'll be like, oh, all right, where's Bronny at now? As a 24-year-old or whatever. <laughs> Washed yeah. up bench warmer, but he'll head out to, I don't know, the Knicks or whatever, who drafted them hoping to get Bronny, LeBron that year. Yeah, do what Vince Carter did, you know, bouncing around, just playing the vet role, you know. Yeah, you could do that. I just don't see LeBron buying. I don't see LeBron buying into that sort of role. I don't know, he seems to be a bit of a personality where that wouldn't really work. Any other comments? We're going to go to some awards predictions next. No, I think, like, I think LeBron would go. I think he would go to an Orlando and a Jazz for Bronny. Um, is, that, is that naive? Maybe it is. Uh, it could be. I don't know. I, I, it's, I think it's hard to tell. You know, he's obviously a really experienced media member. It's hard to tell how much of this is him just being, like, trying to get his son you know, drafted higher versus how much is him actually being honest, you know. He's an experienced dude. Yeah, yeah right. I think it also just basically it's LeBron's word for, and he doesn't have to do it, even if he has said. So mm. that's what teams have to take into consideration as well if they draft Bronny in 2024. Yeah. All right. Okay, hey, last lastly, we're going to look at some awards predictions. All right, before we get started with this, we're just going to try something. I've got the odds here for most improved, most valuable player, coach of the year, sixth man of the year, and defensive player of the year. Josh, I'm going to get you to guess who the who's up the top in terms of um, the highest odds. So we'll start with most improved player, who's most improved. 
this is this is uh vegasinsider.com so you know very reputable source <laughs> but yes for most improved i think i'm going to go with darius garland and cleveland the cleveland cavaliers i think yeah, he's he's, he's made a big he's made a big splash there in cleveland this year i agree i think he to be honest we'll come back to this but i think he should be it but there are two players rated above him uh rank high above him in terms of odds who do you think they are Jono? Do I have a swing? Well, that's wrong from Josh. <laughs> I'll go. Really... I'll have a pop at Jar Morant. You're right. Jar is number one. Miles Bridges is number two. Yeah. That's cool. All right, Josh, MVP. MVP, who's who's odds on favorite for MVP? I think you'd have to say Embiid at this stage is top odds for MVP. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Embiid uh, number one, Jokic number two, Giannis number three. Coach of the year. I think year. a dark horse would be DeRozan, would it not? I think DeRozan is at number four or five in odds. He's at number five. Steph's at number really? four. Yeah. Okay. We'll just go through those. We'll keep going through the odds, and then we'll come back to the come back to the discussion. All right, coach of the year. Oh, I want to say Dan Brown. Is it Dan Brown in the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, JB Bickerstaff is the Cleveland coach, and you'll there you would be go. Off. That's that's He's, that's. That shows my knowledge of coaches. He's a number two. And number one is Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. I mean, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. They're like miles ahead of everybody else. Uh, Sixth man of the year, Josh. I'm going Tyler Hero of the Heat. I think that was a pretty pretty, um, sure pick there. Two is Kelly Oubre, then Kevin Love, then Montrez, Harrell. I think Tyler Hero was almost, almost a snub for an MVP show. Do you think I mean, for an all-star, for an, for an okay. all-star shout, I mean. Jeez, all right, okay. Thanks for the clarification. Uh, you thought I was really high on Tyler Hero just then. <laughs> <laughs> Defensive player of the year, Josh. Oh, that's a tough one for me. I would like to say Jared Allen. I feel like I'm going quite high on the Cleveland Cavaliers at the moment, but. You're definitely wrong. Jared Allen is number one, two, three. Oh, he's low. Six, seven, eight, nine. He's below Evan Mobley, just so you know. Wow. There you go. Nine. Uh, number one is Rudy Gobert. Number two is Draymond. Three is Giannis. That's, those are the odds there, odds on favorites. Um, look, we'll just quickly discuss some of the... Um, oh, have we talked about Rookie of the Year? I think that's going to be Evan Mobley. We've got one more. Rookie of the Year, Josh. Who, who do you think? Evan Mobley, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Scotty Barnes is at number four. I thought he would be higher. Anyway, um, let's just discuss from the, I guess, the least interesting to most interesting. Coach of the year, look, Monty Williams is the all-time favorite. Phoenix are like a good, like, what, three or four games. Does anyone have the standings? Can someone tell me how um, how much higher the Suns are than everyone else in the league? There's six games ahead of the Warriors. Um, and, yeah, the Warriors have the second-best record in the league. Yeah, six games ahead. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, they're just miles ahead. Best team, best coach. He deserves it. Like, they're not full of superstars either, but, like, you watch them play. They play really well together. It's a credit to him as a coach. Yeah, I think he absolutely would deserve that award. I agree. And, Josh, I agree with you. J.B. Bickerstaff should be close to Cleveland has severely outperformed expectations. Yeah. Um, All right, we'll just move on to – we'll just go sixth man, sixth man of the year. Look, Tyler Hero's been good in Miami. Obviously, they've got a good team. He's been out of injury injury quite a lot. But I guess it doesn't really matter. This is a six-man of the year. 
six man of the year race not the most uh not the most interesting <laughs> does anyone have any i mean in, in previous years if he had a bit more competition um from people like low well or dennis schroeder or the sort of seasons you've seen from those sort of players in the past but this year if Co- kelly Oubre is at number two in the odds i just i can't really see anyone competing with tyler hero has been far and away the best player out of that bunch how many uh hornets games have you guys watched <laughs> Like, do you guys have two two candidates for the sixth man of the year now with Montrez? Yeah, but come on, you can't really call him a Hornet. He's like a two-game Hornet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to make the case for Kelly. Yeah, it seems like it's not like okay. Tyler Hero is an incredible player, but um, in big Hornets games where we need a win, Kelly Oubre has been there. And Terry Rozier is inconsistent. Lamelo Ball is getting better, but he's still not an All-Star level consistent player. And when we need someone off the bench giving us a scoring punch, Kelly Oubre is that guy. He doesn't all, he's not consistent, but he is in big games, he plays big. Did I just hear a Hornets fan say that LaMelo Ball is not an all-star? Not a consistent. <laughs> not a consistent all-star. Okay, good, good yeah. clarification. But yeah, Josh, what do you reckon? No, I think Tyler Hero is yeah. far and away the, the best candidate out of those. Like I said before, I think he could have potentially had an all-star nod yeah. as well in there, even as a replacement. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, um, defend. Uh, we'll go rookie of the year. Evan Mobley, he's been incredible. Um, all right, we've got ten minutes left for this podcast, so that's pretty solid. We got we got a good amount of time, but yeah, we've got rookie of the year. So Evan Mobley, I I agree. Josh Giddy's been good. He's a number two in odds. I mean, he's been J- JM. You're a, you're you're an OKC fan, right? Give us give us your talk about Evan uh, about Josh Giddy. Sorry. Yeah, certainly have been at the bottom um, in the past. Not sure where I'm sitting on OKC at the moment. And I think absolutely Josh Giddy deserves to be up there, top three. But I think perhaps the recent narrative has got us like a little bit confused about exactly how good he is. Um, recently, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been out for the Thunder. So Josh Giddy has basically been carrying a team whose like, second best player has been like Darius Baisley. So he's had all the, ball, all the usage. He's been putting up you know, big triple-doubles. And if he'd been doing that all season, he'd be far and away the rookie of the year, right? But if you actually look at his season averages, it hasn't been quite so impressive. I think he's a great young player with a lot of potential, but um, compared to the impact on winning that Evan Mobley has had for the Cavaliers, I wouldn't say that Giddy stands a chance. Yeah, yeah, you're right. If Giddy, I mean, Giddy obviously missed some games with injury, but if he can keep healthy for the rest of the year, it's, it's not even competition. Like his stats rival, you know, the Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunninghams of the world, and he plays like almost defensive player of the year candidate defense you know that's it's not even competition on a winning team so mm-hmm. yeah that is what it is um all right we'll move on we've got what do we have left we've got most improved we'll go with most improved look john Morant is oz on favorite okay i'm just gonna say something a couple of years ago uh luca jumped from like averaging 21 in his rookie season to averaging 28 in a second season he was up he was up there in the most improved player odds but he didn't get it. Who who got it? Oh no, it was um the Hornets guy, ex Hornets. Um, who got right. traded to the? Oh yeah, that's right, Devonte Graham. So Devonte Graham got it, and Luca was saying, you know, he was like, oh, he was a little bit offended that he was even in the conversation of most improved player. And if John Morant gets most improved player, I think that's a bit of a um, bit offensive to him, to be honest with you. He is an MVP candidate, no matter how. Even if it's, it's your second year, I still think it's almost 
a slap in the face to be if he wins it and doesn't really get much talk for MVP. I don't know. I don't think he should. I don't think he would be that proud of it. I don't think. I think it should go to the more lower level players just in terms of the award and what it means. Man, that that takes me back to my high school days, doesn't it? You never wanted to get the most improved player award at the end of the season. Oh, and... hey. <laughs> 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 Maybe this is coming from personal experience. <laughs> Absolutely, my brother. Absolutely. Thank you. This is coming from the Bethlehem College BT most improved player. Hey, yeah, Josh, how does it feel to be MVP when I just got most improved, man? It's kind of sad when you don't feel like you deserved it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's made a really, really interesting um, awards for our um, high school team, um, if you hadn't noticed, guys. But yes, um, yeah, Jar for number one, I agree with Josh. I think it should be Darius Garland. What do you guys think? Yeah, like, I think in terms of that, I don't think you should be in the in the talks for most improved player when you're having an MVP season like that, especially in your second year, you kind of expect progression from the younger players that have picked higher up in those drafts. And I think that most improved player, like John, I was saying, should be kind of left for those players that have just had a breakout season that are a little bit later in their career. Well, to be fair, I believe Garland was either taking the same draft I'm pretty sure he might have been taking the same draft as Jamarant. Jamarant is in third year now, not his second year. Um, and as we know, he sort of leveled off in his second year. Like, we're hoping for a lot of progression last year from the Memphis Grizzlies star. And then this year, definitely a breakout season. And um, in comparison with Darius Garland as well, we got to remember that he's an all-star. Miles Bridges, the other one who's up there, also was, you know, having some talk around him for all-star level. So I think um, if we're considering that most improved we generally are looking for players who have really accelerated their game, boosted it up to that sort of all-star level. And I don't necessarily think that um, Jamarant should be overlooked, but possibly his MVP shout, because he is up there in the top five, top ten, sort of in that conversation, that that means that maybe we should leave um, most approved for someone else. Yeah, look, we've been on this for a while, so we'll move on a second. But yeah, Jono, you're actually right. He was in the same draft. He was taken fifth in that draft. And he averaged 17.4 last game and 20 uh, last year, sorry, 17.4 points per game and 20.3 points per game this year and went from six assists to eight assists per game. So the um, the actual increase wasn't as much as I thought. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep yeah, Compared to Jar going from 19 to 27 points per game, that's, that's a big it. increase. Much more. All right. Hey, we don't have much time, so we'll move on. Defensive player of the year. Uh, where is that? So that's Rudy Gobert. Look, it's interesting. He's just been so incredibly. You just look at the um, um, the defensive rating versus for the Jazz with him on and off the court, and it's just absolutely incredible. I don't think, I don't, he's underrated in defending in space. I saw him last night. He made three clutch stops on Luca in the Jazz game when he got isolated onto him. If you can hang with players on the perimeter like that and protect the rim like he does, I got no quarrels. Yeah, I, I like I like the pick of him as a defensive player of the year. The only comment I have about that is he can't do it in the playoffs. When when teams go small, I don't I don't think he can hang with any he just he's a liability almost, him being out on the perimeter, being switched onto smaller players when teams go small in the playoffs. So yeah, just one sorry, 
So it's one thing, yeah. So his on-off numbers for defense are 11.9 points per 100 oh. possessions better. So that's like crazy with him on the floor. The um the opposition scores eleven point nine points per hundred possessions less than when they uh, than when Rudy Gobert's off. Uh yeah, I mean Giannis is obviously incredible, and so does so is Draymond Green. But I mean he's just been amazing. I'd have Giannis in second. But yeah, we're gonna move on because we don't have much time left. So we got MVP. Look, one thing I have to say is in the East there is so much just cl- there's a cluster at the top. That I feel like depending on who finishes in first, it could just have a massive swing on the MVP odds. And also if like the Nuggets can rise past the Mavericks and the Jazz and end up in fourth, I reckon you can't take the MVP away from Jokic in that case. But yeah, what do you guys think? I guess no, I like oh, you guys sorry, go ahead, Jacob. Okay. Um so I yeah, look, I don't disagree with that, but I think um Embiid's impact this year when you look at what he's had to deal with in terms of all the off-court stuff and getting triple teamed, like quadruple teamed through games and still dropping 40 and 14 when they need to win. Um, and as, as well as that, staying healthy, you know, you just can't take away the, the how, how good Embiid's been this year. I think um, as an all-round centre, Jokic is better, but I think this year you just can't take away from what Embiid's done on the court and he's, he's my MVP for sure. I think Embiid's out of it. Hate to say it, but... If anyone watched the Philly game today, Harden put up like great amount of points, great efficiency, assists as well. And I think if Harden keeps playing that way for the rest of the season, even if Embiid's still playing at that level, Philly will do a lot better. Philly might like really attack that number one seed in the East, but I think Harden's going to get half the credit and that's really going to hurt Embiid in that MVP race. Yeah, Josh, what do you think? I think I still like Embiid as um, an MVP favourite. And I like seeing how we've got a couple of centres that have really changed the game that are really in that top spot for those conversations with Jokic as well. But overall, I think I would like a dark horse, though. I would like DeRozan to have more of a shout. Mm. Going to be honest with you. Yeah. If the if the Bulls come up to that number one seed, what? it's going to be hard to take away from him, to be honest. You, they get a number one seed in a really stacked Eastern Conference. He's been incredibly clutch. He's been incredibly efficient, and their defense has been pretty okay, pretty solid as well. So, yeah, I agree, Josh. I don't think um, you could take much away from him. Yeah, guys, look, we've got less than a minute left. So, any last comments before before we sign out? No. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure. It's been a really good time. Thanks, Jacob, for coming on. Hopefully, we'll catch Hadley next week. We're gonna try to get some, you know, some friends some guests some guest stars to come on soon but yeah it's been it's been fun if you've made it to the end congratulations we don't have a prize for you but your prize has been listening to us so fun so yeah thanks guys i uh, will catch you next time yeah